Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast, and it's the weekend reaction show. And I'm here with Jordy Neal on the line. Jordy, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you doing? Good. How are you feeling, mate, after the uh, trip down to Cheltenham? <sighs> mate, I've, uh, I'm starting to feel human again today, but yeah, I make a couple of trips down to Cheltenham for the races uh, a couple of times a year, and then uh, it always ends the same way. But yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I've come back round today. <laughs> yeah, it took you uh, took you a couple of days to get back round from that uh, weekend bender in Cheltenham at the races. But hey ho, we're here, we're on live, we're doing the podcast, and we'll uh, we'll react to what's going on over the weekend just gone. And you know, we talked about it on the on the weekend preview episode uh, Wednesday Thursday last week, and some of the fights that were notable. And really, we can only really start you know chronologically and talk about what happened on the Friday because the first fight that we you know we wanted to sp- speak about over the weekend was. Maurice Hooker and Alex Sacedo, which happened on the early hours of Saturday morning. And we got the result. Maurice Hooker wins, picks up the KO victory, and looks good in doing so. I've got to add, I think my first thoughts on this fight was that Hooker, I think I said it in the episode last week, that if he's going to continue to shine, he's going to continue to show himself on the world stage, he's got to do something dramatic and and the finish for me was was dramatic and the way he ended it was dramatic and he's you know he's caused a bit of a I wouldn't say it was an upset because I think he was favored by the bookies to win the fight but he was going in there against an undefeated fighter and you know it looked like potentially he he could be an upset for him again because I don't think he looked great against Terry Flanagan he did what he needed to do to win but this weekend he just looked a little bit better uh, still a bit rough and rugged at times but hey if if he's getting the job done and he's took two fighters undefeated records in the space of two fights then fair play to the man what did you make of the performance then from Murray Sucker Jordan? 
I thought it was good, really. I mean, you just said he was the uh, favourite then, but he actually wasn't. He was he was underdog, even though he was champion. Um, I put out on Twitter because I quite like looking at it from the betting angle, and um, I put out that he, he was six to four right. to win, which which I thought was quite was quite like, generous. So I put out there that I fancied them to win, and I had a little bet on that, and fancied them to win on points. He never, but that was nine to four, and I think that the knockout was it was impressive. I definitely didn't see it coming. I thought Hochul would. I thought he'd win, and I was happy that he was a underdog. But I thought he might he might just use his attributes a little bit. You know, he's a very awkward customer, and he will. I, I said last week he'd be hard for anyone to get to. I think he's he's just in that mould where he, he's just going to be a pretty difficult puzzle to work out. But I mean, the finish was impressive. He really uh, he really showed a side that I haven't seen before, and um, I'll be in, I'll be definitely interested in seeing where his next couple of fights go. I know they've been talking over the weekend about um, Linares or uh, Chris Algieri who's making a comeback or even our own Tommy Coyle. So it's definitely to, uh, good to see whether he, um, whether he ends up over here or whether he just keeps trying to make progress in the States. Do you think he'll end up sticking him in with Tommy Coyle? It's funny, that list, because um, the first name that popped out was Tommy Coyle, and I thought, well, obviously, you know, Eddie Hearn's got dibs on him, and he, he threw Tommy Coyle in there a few weeks ago, didn't he, on the on the zone bill, the matchroom bill, uh, USA, and it kind yeah, of... I think the zone liked him. They did? They did? They liked his style, and they liked, they liked, they liked what he brought, so, I mean, sometimes that's, that's all it takes, you know, it, take, it just takes one little performance over there, and, you know, you get your foot in the door, you could probably... broadcaster likes you and they want you on their shows and they want their fans to see you then you get you get you get yourself a chance so yeah i would definitely not be surprised if tommy coyle as an opponent i think uh, in terms of stars making fights i think it'd be a decent fight as long as it lasted but based on what i've seen from maureen tucker for me maureen tucker beats tommy coyle hands down and i think it, like i say be good as long as it lasts but i don't think it'd be a, a distance fight anyway between them two but yeah no it's good good to see you know hooker starting to get the credit he deserves because obviously when he beat flanagan it was a really tough scrappy affair between the two and i don't know if he walked away with as much credit as, as what he maybe should have got in that fight. I think a lot of people felt Terry Flanagan underperformed against Hooker, which he probably did, but Hooker, for me, did what he needed to do against Flanagan, and he's just stepped it up and, and, and done what he needed to do against Sosido. And obviously, I, I didn't know um, Hooker was actually the underdog for this one. I wasn't I wasn't aware of that, the, you know, the betting odds on that. I thought it was actually, uh, I thought it was uh, Hooker that was actually the fav- favourite to win this one. So, surprised to, surprised to hear that. But in, in some respects, uh, I'm not because people are, are, seem to be writing him off because at times in, in, in the fights we've seen of him, you know, he can look a bit rough and ragged and I can understand why people think, oh, maybe someone's going to come along and just, you know, pop a few straight rights down the middle or throw a combination which is gonna gonna get him off balance, but I think he just he just seems to find a way to win in these fights, and that's what has impressed me with this fight on Friday is that he found a way to win against a guy who you know he was up against it like you said. So impressed impressed with you know what potentially comes next. A fight with Tommy Coyle maybe a fight with Linares I think would be probably the top of my hit list if I was going to pick fights. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a massive. Okay, Linares fan. I've been for a long time, so I'd definitely like to see that. And uh, I think Hocha probably deserves a good fight like that, you know, to sort of show people that he is serious. I mean, I think you're 
probably right there. I think people look at him as a bit of a soft touch, but it's really it's, he's really not, you know. So it would be good to see him in, you know, with one of them real elite guys, and you know, let's just see how good Hooker is. Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna move on then. That was the only fight, obviously, in the early hours of Saturday morning that we was interested in talking about. But Saturday, I had a few different bills on around the world, and where do we? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start in the UK? Do you want to do the UK bills, or do you want to go and talk about the matchroom bill in America first, Jordy? I think we should stick with that. As I said to you before we came on, I mean, I wasn't. I think I touched on last week. I wasn't a massive fan of this. Of the matrium bill over in uh, over in Kansas, I'm not really understanding the Jerome Miller, Jer- Miller uh, hype train, shall we say? So yeah, I think we should stick with the UK and then we'll pass over to the US. Right. Well, let's go. Let's get in the UK then, and, and, and obviously we'll start in here in Manchester, and we'll start with with Liam Taylor and Tyrone Nurse, and, and uh, well, I suppose it really would. Would you call it an upset victory, Liam Taylor beating Tyrone Nurse? I don't know. I mean, as I said, I spoke to Tyrone last week, and he was he was really confident of Liam Taylor, and obviously it was a split decision, so you know it doesn't get much closer than that. So I think, yeah, you could probably call it a scalp for Liam Taylor, but I don't think he'd have been surprised. I think he'd have went in expected to win, same as Tyrone, and you know these are two lads who've gone at it, and you know Taylor's come up victor this time. Uh, he has, and, and obviously he needed, uh, I've always said about Liam for the past 18 months, that he needs a big fight soon, and he eventually got this one against Tyrone, Tyrone, I call him Tyrone then, Tyrone Nurse, <laughs> apologies Tyrone, I'm calling you Tyrone there, uh, Liam, I spoke to him in, again in his last fight in June, he interviewed him, and he said, Tyrone Nurse or Johnny Garton were the names he wanted, he's got Tyrone, now he's got his shot at Johnny Garton after this now from winning this, and fair play to, to him, and obviously his trainer Steve Mailer, who... You know he's doing a wonderful job in turning his career uh, in the in the right direction, and he gets his shot at Johnny Garton. I think that'll be you know a cracking fight between the two of them. But for Tyrone, you know I'm feeling a little bit for him now because that's the third straight defeat on the trot now. Yeah, I mean it's so it's such a you know we always talk about it in boxing, but it's such fine lines. You know if if Tyrone Nate wins that, then he's obviously in that position to go and fight Garton, and you know the last two fights could have sort of been forgiven. You know, going over to Australia and getting beat by Jack Catterall, who's on the edge of a world title shot. So you'd probably have forgiven them two defeats. But now you look at his record and he's got three straight defeats. You're you're sort of looking at it as him to say, you know, where does Tyrone go from here? But you know, he's had a long career. He's he's still a young man. He's only 28. So it will be interesting to see where he goes. But I think Tyrone will come again, and um, I think he'll he'll keep campaigning that welterweight, and you know, he might push to try and get another crack at Liam and have a have a trilogy with it only being a split decision or he might go his own way but I think we'll see Tyrone again what do you think Tyrone's got to do to get these decisions? Because this is the, uh, I mean, the Catterall fight, I will admit, I felt, I felt Catterall clearly won that, but the Brubaker fight in Australia, it felt like he was robbed. And then this was a very close fight. And I think probably Taylor did win it. I'm not going to, uh, you know, play favourites in this one. I think Taylor probably just did edge, did enough to edge it. But it just feels like um, for Tyrone, he's just, he's just, he's not doing enough. Like, it feels like, I'm, I'm saying it in a harsh way here, like he's not doing enough, but then when you look at the fight, he kind of is, but it's just it just doesn't seem to be enough in the judges' eyes to get these decisions, and it's a shame really because obviously Tyrone Nurse, as we know, is, is, has been a British champion, you know, down at the super lightweight division, and it was one of the names that was being pushed on to go to world level, and now, like you just said, it you've hit the nail on the head when you say if he would have won the fight, 
the last two fights would have been forgiven, but now he's lost it, and his record is three straight defeats. I mean, as, as a as a promoter uh, looking to put your guy in with somebody, uh, you know, where do you take him? Do you take him back and? You know, put him in with some other domestic opposition and try and push him back up there, or do you just throw him straight back into the fire like they kind of done here? But I don't know. I'm asking these questions, and obviously only only Tyrone and and, and the promoter's going to know the answer to that. But you know, fair play to Liam Taylor. He picks up the victory and he moves on to Johnny Garton now, and it's going to be interesting to see how he gets on uh, when that does happen. But just quickly touching on the rest of the build then, Jordy, obviously uh, there was a couple of other fights on there. We had Luke Evans winning, Kane Gardner, Joey Cole, Muhammad Ali, first diabetic boxer in the UK, Bradley Ree and the debut of Adam Farrell all picking up victories on that particular bill at the Victoria Warehouse. So there was that card on at the weekend. Then we had uh, Elliot stop down at the York Hall, Bethnal Green for the Goodwin Boxing Show and it was a bit of a strange one I mean I wasn't there at the time and, and there wasn't any live streams for it but obviously I was going off what Elliot was telling me when he was covering the show uh, the Wady Camacho half and Iqbal fight started about half eight even though that was billed as the main event which was a peculiar situation but obviously we, we know the result now we know where the Camacho has become the Commonwealth champion in, in what was a bit of a strange affair and, and uh, if anybody that's not you know watched or got the opportunity to see any any sort of footage of the fight uh, Wadi was winning on the cards and he, he knocked half an Iqbal out of the ring who fell out of the ring hurt his back uh, weren't able to continue goes to the cards Waddy picks up the victory, you know, really, really happy. The rebound man I called him last week, and he's just proven once again he is exactly that. Yeah, I mean, he he, he done me over because I, I thought Arthur Nicholl would win that, and if I'm totally honest, I thought he'd win it in good fashion. And as you say, it's it's tough to write Waddy Camacho off. You know, he keeps, you know, he gets beaten, and he just keeps popping back up and, you know, clocking these titles off his uh, Clocking these titles onto his resume, so you know, fair play to him. As you said, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, you know, you don't want to see a fight end like that and stuff like that. And you know, I think if the money was there, the, these two might go again. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really. It's tough for Wadi Camacho because this is his level, you know. But there's only so long you can stay at this level before yeah. you're forced to move on, or or you just come up against someone who's too good on the way up. So I think Wadi Camacho can make his money at that level, but I think, I think, you know. Commonwealth title level, I think that is where that's where the ceiling lies, and you know I'm I don't mean to talk on that as a bad thing because it's not a bad thing at all, but I think that is his level. I think we're with him now. He's he's put himself in a position with winning the vacant Commonwealth title at cruiserweight, where because of of what we've seen in the cruiserweight division over the past twelve months, the way people are just stepping up to fight each other and unbeaten records mean absolutely nothing. He's put himself in prime position for me to get himself back in with another good name in the division you know we've said this before if you look at his record and you look at the guys he's been in with you know he went in with Isaac Chamberlain who was this massive prospect and still is and you know he's had the fight with Isaac Chamberlain uh, he's been in there obviously with Iqbal before and lost the first fight got his revenge in the second fight he's been in with Craig Kennedy over the years another cruiserweight in Tony Conquest and 
for me, he just keeps putting himself back up in a great position where he's going to be able to push himself on to fight one of these domestic cruiserweights. And and for him, uh, at this stage of his career, it's perfect because, you know, he's 33-year-old, he's won Southern Area titles, and now he's won the Cruiserweight Commonwealth title. At the end of the day, you want to be trying to earn as much money as a fighter as possible, and he's putting himself in prime position because he's going to get looked at as a guy to, you know, maybe... I don't want to say feed it, feed him to the lions, but kind of it is the situation where you get one of these cruiserweight prospects like your Ecolis and your Chamberlains and your Watkins. Maybe you know, maybe a fight with with a returning Luke Watkins could be an interesting affair, or a, 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 you know, a trilogy, a rematch with Arthur Nickbell would probably be the logical fight you'd want to see. But for me, for, for if I was Wardy, I'd be like, you know, look, look at this, I'm making more yeah. money, I'm putting myself in that position. Yeah, I mean. I, well, I think one thing, one thing, one thing is for sure. You know, he's going to get paid for his for his defense because you, as you rightly say, you've got Luke Watkins, who I'm sure will fancy a fight with Wadi Camacho. You got Isaac Chamberlain. He, you know, they had a bit of a ding dong, didn't they? And you know, he had the old shoulder injury. He did come through, but you know, he might he might fancy that. And then you got younger lads like you know Craig Glover and stuff like that, who will all be looking at Wadi Camacho and thinking, you know. I, I want to go with that. I want to. I want to slice that. Even Richard Riapo, you know. So he, he will be. He will not be short of options. That's for sure. And with them options comes comes money. And I'm sure what they can actually does deserve. You know, a good payday. Absolutely. Well, the other notable fight which was on the card, which we talked about on the preview show, was Michael Ramavalesta versus Ryan Walker. The man with a 50-50 record against the undefeated Ryan the Lion Walker in a surprising upset that was on the cards. Uh, Michael Ramavalesta wins the vacant English Super Bantamweight title via first round stoppage over Ryan Walker, which... I think a lot of people uh, ringside and a lot of people that were looking for results on social media were were shocked at the result. They were expecting the prospects in Ryan Walker to come through that. But in some respects, they were really, really happy for Amber Lester because... I've met again. I've met the guy. He's such a nice guy, and he's been in. We said it on last week's episode that he's been in with some absolute top quality talent, and his record probably doesn't do him justice. But now he's you know he's got this just desserts really with his English title and and stopping a you know a prospect who was on the up and wasn't expected to to, to win this one. And he has and a fair play. And you could see you know on the emotion on his face when he picked up the title and fair play. Another great upset on the card there. Yeah, I mean, I said it last week, but I don't think, you know, Ramabaleta's record really is a true true reflection on him. I think that takes him to 17 and 17. And when you see a 50-50 record like that, I mean, no disrespect to tender, but you usually see them lads come in as the opposition, you know. And um, But if you just scroll down his, scroll down his CV, and there he's got, you know, Cal Yafai, Paul Butler, who obviously both, one's a world champion, one's been a world champion. You know, Josh Whale, who's obviously had a bit of a, a good purple patch in his career. You know, people like Martin Ward, Paul Economides, Ryan Doyle. You know, he's been in with some really good lads. So I think maybe maybe Saturday night was his, was his night, you know, on his day in the sun. And, you know, good luck to him. 
Yeah, good luck to Michael on the future and what that holds and maybe a big fight for him going forward. Well, let's move on. Uh, they were the two most notable builds for me that happened in the UK this weekend. There was another one at the Brentwood Centre. It was an MTK global uh, shot. I didn't get a chance to catch up with any of that, so uh, I've not seen any of the fights, but obviously I've seen some of the prospect victories. Uh, Shaquille Day, 9-0, and moves to 10-0 over the weekend. We've got a few prospects on the card there. Harley Ben as well uh, relation to obviously Connor Ben and Nigel Ben um, you know again you know there's so many cards on uh, that he doesn't always get the opportunity to be able to catch every single fight and this was a situation where I weren't able to catch up with this card at all over the weekend but obviously I've seen a lot of the stuff on social media about the show and it appears to have been you know a really really good show and, and some great fights on the card but yeah there's some some more prospects there to, to sort of keep an eye on with the with the Brentwood Centre MTK Global show over the weekend but another one and uh, the next one that I wanted to talk about with you Jordy was something we'd kind of touched on uh, last week and uh, it was touched on the day before the fight on social media it was Frankie Gavin going over to Bilbao to face the, the, the beast from Bilbao that is Kermin Lejaraga for the European welterweight title and the day before everyone will know that uh, he came in five pounds overweight Frankie Gavin and to be, to be you know to be honest when I first seen the tweets going around uh, I was pretty like not surprised I was just like well you know it's Frankie Gavin he's kind of been doing this for the past few fights now and he doesn't seem to be living the life anymore outside of it and the fight itself to be fair to him he put up an absolute brave effort on the night but was just completely outgunned by the bigger stronger man on the night and it was ironic that he got beat by a body shot when he was five pounds overweight and he, you know he wasn't in the best shape that he could have been in and that's the sh- it's such a shame to be honest but how many more chances do you want to give, Frankie? I think he's backed himself into a corner now, and as you say, it's such a big, it's, it's such a shame because you know this is a guy who's got ridiculous levels of talent, and I don't say that lightly. You know, I've seen many respected people say, you know, they haven't seen many people with the talent of Frankie Gavin, and that's not overestimating him. You know, this guy come up and he was expected to do big things, but you know, I don't really see where he goes now. I don't. I think Lejara, you know, I think he's a good, good welterweight, but do I think he does, do I think he could step up and fight the, you know, the killers in the division? I probably don't, if I'm totally honest on what I've seen. I think he hits hard, but, you know, I think he'd be picked apart by some of the, some of the, like, really good fighters in the division, and that's just my opinion, but I think in terms of Frankie Gavin, he should have been at 140. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a one four seven fighter, but I think that plays out from the fact that, you know, he's just not being dedicated outside the ring and you know, there's an old saying that you don't play boxing and it's pretty it is true, you know, this this does catch up with you. You know, Andre Ward was sort of preaching a couple of weeks ago about after round seven I know he didn't get to round seven, but after round seven that's when your lifestyle and stuff like that plays out in the ring and I think that's so true. I think it's just come early for Frankie Gavin, but if you don't fully commit to this game, you, you do get found out, and you know Frankie's found that out himself. But it, it's such a shame. I, I don't really like waiting in on him. I don't really want to do that. But you know, where does he go from here? 
this is the question, isn't it? I think how many chances do you want to give him? I mean, he's, he's don't get me wrong, what he's done in the amateur game is is more than respectful, and we'll always hold him in you know in, in high regard in, in in that respect. But how many chances do you give him as a professional when he's he's not reached the heights that he was built to reach? And don't get me wrong, he's been in some good fights and he's looked really good earlier on in his professional career and he, he seems to be going through this real bad patch, you know, outside of the ring where, for whatever reason, he's just not living the life that he needs to live to, to be successful and it's definitely not down to the fact that he hasn't got the talent and I know that for sure, but I think he's he's got to the point in his career now where the talent's just kind of, you know, washing away a little bit. It's like... I don't know, it's kind of like you don't use it properly, you know, you lose it, that's the sort of saying that people talk about, and people might say this is a lot of bullshit, you know, oh, you can't just say that, he's a guy who was a you know, world amateur champion, blah blah blah, but he's not living his life outside of outside of the ring, and for me, if he's not doing that, he's, he's putting himself, he's, he's, that's the battle, that's half the battle, straight away, that, that, and, and the mental game, you know, two, two battles there that you've got to face as, as a fighter, as, as a guy that wants to step between the ropes, and, and potentially go on to do great things in the sports, two big battles there, and he's not winning them, and how many more chances do you want to give him, that's, that's what I'm asking, that's what I'm asking our listeners, how many more chances do you want to give the guy, before you say, look, come on, Frankie, just pack it in, and, Maybe just start training some kids and you know open your own gym and, and do what some other fighters do when they when they get out of the game. <sighs> what what does he do I now? Be, I think you'd be. I, I would be surprised if. I think you might see him. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you see him on a big stage. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean, I don't think you see him on any major promotions again, and that in itself is a shame because he's one of the most naturally talented people in the country in terms of boxing. So. Yeah, for him, for his maybe career to play out on smaller shows, I don't think that justifies his talent. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a sad case for Frankie Gavin, really. But you know, let's just remember he was a he was a British champion and a Commonwealth champion. So his career is not completely been a waste. But the fact that his ceiling was just so so much, I think that's clear. So, yeah, I think you'll always look back at Frankie Gavin with a little tint of shame. Well, I don't want to dwell too much on it and give uh, Frankie Kevin an absolute bashing on the podcast because that's not what I'm here to do. I just feel frustrated for the guy. That's all. That's all it is. You know, I feel like it could be so much more, but it doesn't appear to be going the way that that, it, that we want it to go. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go back and, and go back to the USA and talk about this bill that you weren't so keen on and you weren't really sort of struck by uh, the bill itself. And we did touch a lot about on it uh, last week when we were talking about you know, some of the fighters that were on it and the Rosados and the Rioses and, you know, was it just trying to, sort of trying to fill a card, so to speak, with, with, with marquee names? And I, I don't think it... Again, I feel like I'm bashing and I'm just doing bashing this episode. I don't feel like I'm actually uh, giving any objective views. I just feel like I'm bashing everybody's promotions and, uh, and the fighters that are on it. But it's because it's just it's just frustration, again, more than anything. Is First and foremost, I'm a fan and I want to see, you know, some real great shows and... People might say this was a great show, This uh, the Kansas show on Saturday. I think there were a, a couple of good moments on it, and I think we'll talk about the 
I know this is the one you didn't want to talk about, but the Jarrell Miller Bogdanu fight, he was just again just nobody seems to be impressed with Jarrell Miller for the fact that he comes in looking like he's walked out of McDonald's in into a fight and just just, just seems to bomb these opponents out of the way that nobody really knows. Nobody really knows Bogdanu before this. Uh, Again, it's more frustration than anything. You know, you want to see the guy come into shape and see if he's got anything to challenge some of these other heavyweights, but he just looks like a, a poor man's American version of like a Derek Chisora to me. Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the card, I mean, I think Eddie's going to these smaller, you know, these well, not small in America, but you know, these less known places where you know it's going to be a real big event for the for the place, and I think that's what he's done with Kansas. You know, he took. Uh, Nico Hernandez, who I know, I think everybody there loves him, and he sold a load of tickets, which is not always so common in America the way it is in the UK. But I think um, in terms of that, I think he had like six thousand in there of like of core fans. So you know, I think Eddie's building slowly in that sense. But in terms of quality on the card, um, it's good to see Anthony Sims Jr. out again down at uh, one six eight. I think he's a good for middleweight. Super middleweight division. I'm really excited to see where his career is going to go. I think he might be a big hit over in the UK. You know, a lot of his interviews with um, IFL, especially, have really, have really took off with the fans. So I think he'll be a, a very popular fighter. I mean, Nico Hernandez look well, and uh, what's the other guy, Nikita Rabibi, who I know where these sound as well, and he, he looks like a bit of a character. So you know, it's good to see these these lads getting ring time and coming through. But uh, yeah, Jarrell Miller, I think you're right. It. I've ne- I'm not really I'm not really getting the Jarrell Miller thing at the moment. I don't think he lives with any of the major heavyweights, but you know, that's just my opinion. But I'd like to see him come over or one of the UK heavyweights go over to fight him because I think that's what we all need to see, you know. See him in a real fight and see if he does come in in shape and but I think twenty three stone or wherever he's at, I just I, it just doesn't make much sense to me as, as an athlete. He doesn't look like an athlete, though, does he? he? Just, you know, that's that's the problem with it. He, he's getting slated on social media by everybody because he's coming in looking like a fat slob, and and that's it. That's what everyone's saying. Don't you know? I'm not being asked because that is what everybody is saying on social media. He's a fat this and he's a fat that, and he, he shouldn't be, you know, fit to lace certain people's boots. But the guy's obviously got. A power in them fists and sometimes it you know can only take power. I mean, I'm not making any comparisons when I make this next statement, but. Everybody remembers the name Butterbean. Everybody remembers him for all the knockouts because he was just a fat, bald guy who had absolute dynamite in both fists and could knock anybody out. But he wasn't anything special. And Jarrell Miller reminds me of uh, a Butterbean. He does, you know, he's yeah, he's undefeated at this point. He's not come up against anybody, uh, you know, of. <laughs> uh, that's going to really, really test him at this stage. He just kind of overruns him with his his mass amount of of, of body weight that he's got, and just I don't. You know what surprises me though? Like we're slagging him off, saying you know he doesn't look like an athlete, but I tell you what, I've seen him in some of the fights, and he still manages to go rounds. And I would just imagine him against Dave Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that actually got spoke about, didn't it? I mean, I mean, Dave would definitely have to train for that, and. It is a tough one because Miller's got a good engine. I think that's clear to see. But in this day and age with heavyweights, you're coming up against you know a different breed of people. Do you know? especially these giants at the top? You know they're not just you know no disrespect to past heavyweights, but it's um, stereotypically being really big men. But now these big men are now 
fantastic athletes. You know, look at the top of the division, Anthony Joshua. Look at the shape he comes in, and and yeah, yes, he may be a freak of nature, but you know, this division is is evolving now. These lads are conditioned machines, and I think Jadell Miller, yes, he does have a good engine. Yes, he yes he does have power, but if he comes up against that level of fighter, then I think them sorts of attributes only take him so far. But you know, maybe he does fight Dave Allen, maybe fights the loser of uh, Chisora White, or maybe the winner. But I just think, in my opinion, at the moment, if Jadell Miller goes to that level, I think he'll get found out. Well, we'll see what happens, won't we, with Mr. Jarrell Miller as time goes on and whether we get him over here in the UK or, like you say, whether we get one of the UK heavyweights going in against him. A couple of other fights on the card then. You mentioned Anthony Sims Jr. You know what? That interview that I did with IFL, i got to give uh, IFL absolute 100% credit because it was a brilliant interview and it really put him across in the light that most boxers should be put across in and he spoke absolute sense did Anthony Sims Jr. And he's a guy that you just cannot, you know, like. You just cannot like the guy because the thing with him is he's got the story behind it. He's got the dedication behind everything. He's doing everything for the right reasons. And, there's, you know, he's going to get a lot of great following over here in the UK. That's for sure. And obviously the way Hearn's marketing, marketing him on the shows is obviously going to really, really help. And... Yeah, again, great guy. You know, he seems he's one that I, I wouldn't have really sort of thought about following before. You know, that his last couple of fights, but now I've sort of grown to really like the guy, and, and obviously I'll be keeping a very close eye on him. And, and, and with him being in the super middleweight division, you know, there's a new super middleweight breed of fighters coming through, and hopefully we'll you know we'll get to see him in with some of the the the, the, the well known names in the super middleweight division in the future. That'll be interesting. But uh, other fights on the card, then we had Clarissa Shields defending her titles and winning the WBC vacant middleweight title against Hannah Rankin in a shutout decision over the 10 rounds, which I think most people were expecting, but there was a slight glimmer of hope that Hannah might go in there and, and do something, but we said it on the on the preview show uh, at the end of last week that obviously Carissa Shields' amateur background and you know Olympic gold medal and all the rest of it really was going to be a potential telling factor in the fight, and it really was on the night, and she pulled out another good performance, and I think with someone like Shields now, we just want to see her in uh, against some of the bigger names, like you want your Christina Hammers coming up now, now to step up to fighter and, and that's what you want to see because there's there's not really any more fighters in the you know there's not a great depth in the in, in the women's division so there's only so many fighters she can go through before she need you know we, we need to see these fighters isn't there yeah definitely I mean that's it. I think we touched on it last week the depth just isn't there and I'd maybe like to see Katie Taylor and her you know stop come to sort of waste agreement and get it on I mean I know that's quite that's moving a lot of variables to get them two in the ring but I think that's what you're gonna to have to do in the women's game just now. I mean, the women, the women's game's growing, and I was at a show um, at Victoria Warehouse a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Savannah Marshall was the most impressive boxer of the night for me. She was brilliant, and so the, the qualities there in the women's game is just not the depth. So you know, these are gonna to have to make some sort of adjustments to get these big fights on and keep keep the you know the casual fan or you know the paying public interested, but. Um, Across the other fights, as you touched on, I think Anthony Sims Jr. He's got a lot in his favour in terms of you know the lad, the lad can really talk. He can obviously really fight. You know, good looking lad. He's got he's got a bit about him. So I think Eddie and Eddie might really push that one. So yeah, his career is his career is exciting for sure. But 
obviously apart from Matthews Bland and Rios fighting um, Canelo's brother Ramon Alvarez and I think you know it was that ninth, ninth round KO and I think he had a goal in a couple of times so Brandon Rios, Josh Kelly, I think, is being spoken about now. So, if Josh Kelly obviously comes through, uh, yeah, yeah, I think a couple of them, a couple of the fighters on that card from the weekend have got, you know, going to have a busy 2019. But I think that's what at the end of the game for. Like I say, I mean, it was a bit of a mixed bag of tricks, really, that card. And, and, and there's a couple of fighters where you looked at it and you thought, you know, these are real stars coming through here. And then you see your marquee names, like your Brandon Rios is, you know, coming back from uh, a couple of year absence and then losing to Danny Garcia and then coming back in and picking up this victory against Canelo's brother, Ramon Alvarez. I don't know if or not a lot of people knew that was Canelo's brother, but it was Ramon Alvarez who he beat in the ninth round on Saturday. And then there was Gabriel Rosado and uh, Luis Arias which bat- who battled to a draw I think there was quite a lot of people thought Arias won that didn't they yeah I think he did and, um, I think what was the the, the card to 116-112 apiece and then obviously the draw so yeah I think Luis Arias would probably feel hard done by I mean I thought he just nicked it but I can see sort of why it was close because you know Rosado did land some good shots but I think Rosado it's like it's, it's a tough one with Rosado because it's a bit like um, we were touching earlier, you know, his record's a bit, his record's a bit misleading. So he's obviously just fights sort of on the edge of world level and, you know, gives a good account of himself. But yeah, it was just, it was a bit of a strange one that, but I think you'll probably see both fighters go their separate ways and, you know, just sort of crack on with the careers, you know, they're not really any worse off than where they were when they entered the ring on, on Saturday night. But I know Gabe Rosado's been having quite a lot to say on social media. And he did the same when he got beat by Martin Murray, which I didn't really like, to be honest. I was I was around that fight week, just sort of as a fan and going to the things. And, you know, he, he, he come across as a bit of a diva there. I don't know whether that's the old American thing, but uh, he come across. He didn't come across great that week and he didn't come across great after the fight. So, you know, that's becoming a reoccurring theme with Gabe Rosado. But, yeah, I don't any work off of him, totally honest. Well, let's move on then. Uh, I don't think there's any more fights uh, I wanted to touch on this 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 weekend just gone. I think that was practically it. Is there any more you wanted to touch on that I've missed out on before we move on? No, no. Said as I said, I've had a bit of a busy weekend, so I've had a bit of a crazy twenty four thirty six hours to sort of <laughs> catching up on everything. So yeah, I think we've covered we've covered all bases really. Well, I just really wanted to move on, just touching on a couple of stuff that's come out on social media, really, in the past 24 hours, and we normally do like a news and gossip section, which we will do in the in the preview uh, show for the weekend coming up, but just a few bits that have come out today, really. One fight which really took my eye today when I was at work and I'd seen it announced was Nathan Gorman going in against Alex Lapai on the Frampton-Warrington undercard, and I'm starting to, to look at this card and think, bloody hell, this is actually a really, really good card, and it's real stacks with some great fights and great step up for Nathan Gorman this yeah I think it's a bit I think it's really really good matchmaking to be honest I think it looks it's going to look great I mean I'm saying this like he's definitely going to win but I think Nathan <laughs> Gorman is, is ad, I think he said on social media today he's had the 12 weeks he's known about this fight for a couple of weeks they've just delayed the announcement so I think you know he's going to if he comes through this it's going to look like a you know, really good scalp on his record and probably pushes him up a level or two, which I think Nathan Gorman needs to really get the best out of himself. So, as you say, this this undercard is really, really taking shape now and it's 
team Frank tweeted earlier on that there's still an announcement or two to come. So with them two big shows and Bravo promoters being on the same night, I think the undercard, the best undercard will, will win, really. And I think Eddie will probably promote it a little better as he always does. But, you know, as a, definitely from my point of view, I'll be um, I'll be looking at the best undercard. As it stands at the moment, for me, the Frampton-Warrington card as a whole is the one that attracts me more. And obviously, with it being in Manchester, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try and get the accreditation to go and be there at the show. And, you know, I really, really hope we do because it looks like a really good card. And if there is a couple of decent more announcements to come out, then it could really be... Uh, a really special night for, for 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 fight fans for sure. If that if you know if we get some more great fights on that card because we've got obviously Heffron and Williams on that card now. Uh, we've got Matt, Mickey Conlon and Jason Cunningham, which is I thought is a, a great matchup as well. And you know obviously you've got Frampton Warrington. It's 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 a really really good card stacking up at the moment. And we're waiting to see what Eddie Earn's going to pull out of his bag of tricks coming for the Chisora and White Two fight. That's going to be quite an interesting one. Obviously we've seen yeah, the. Go on. I think you mentioned uh, he's got David Price, Tom Little. I think today he said uh, Reese Bellotti against oh, it slipped away from me. Reese Bellotti against Ryan Walsh, I believe. Yes. You know, obviously you got you got Charlie Edwards going for the world title, so. Yeah. Does doesn't stack up? Uh, doesn't stack up at the moment though with them them no, fights for me. I, I, I have to I have to agree. I think the uh, the BT Sport uh, and Frank Warrenville's probably winning it for me at the moment and. I think just sort of the way I look at boxing, I mean, I'm definitely a bigger fan of the uh, Frampton-Warrington fight than I am the, uh, the White Chisora rematch. Anyway, other news then. What are you making of this wildcard opponent for Anthony Joshua that they're talking about? Is it just a load of shit? Or is it just there is a couple of opponents out there that nobody's even thinking about that could be lined up for him next year? I don't know. I, th- I mean, the timing's quite convenient for me. We're about, what are we out, out now from Fiori Wilder? You know, we're not far, so I think getting the fans talking about this potential Joshua opponent for April, sort of, in the hope that it takes a bit of shine away from that. So, I mean, I'm not reading too much into it. Who could it be, really? I think Klitschko's ruled himself out. I don't see why that would ever happen again anyway, but, you know, it's not going to be Usyk. No, who else is there really? If you think sensibly, it, it, it's not. There's not that many options. So to say this wild card, I mean, I know a long time ago scout scouted about Andre Ward maybe moving that far up to take it on, but I can't see that. No, I don't think so. I, I I don't know whether it is just to create a social buzz. To be honest with you, like you say, and steal a bit of thunder, and we'll we'll, we'll see. I'd be interested to Wouldn't know. Wouldn't be his first time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I will be interested to know if there is any genuine opponents that, that that they are seriously thinking about. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll be like some some domestic heavyweight, you know, that we've not even sort of thought about or, or just completely overlooked. I don't know. It's I've always thought that the winner of White Chisora 2 now is going to be the one that faces him in April and that's the way I see it anyway I, I don't see it any other way than that because it's an easy promotion for Eddie Hearn it's an easy fight to make for him as well so 
I'd I'd probably suggest, you know, that whilst the speculation is there about some wildcard opponents, you're probably more likely to see a White Chisora winner against Anthony Joshua in April. But, hey, we'll see what happens. You just never know what happens in boxing. There's always stuff coming up, isn't there? It's ridiculous, like, the amount of rumours that either turn out to be true or don't turn out to be true. Uh, Also, just reading up on Twitter now that Manny Pacquiao, the press conference was today with Adrian Broner. Obviously, we knew that's been going to be announced and now we've had the official press conference and announcement for it on January the 19th for the WBA regular welterweight title at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas so that's going to happen uh, Pacquiao's revealed that he is going to be reuniting with Freddie Roach for his fight with Adrian Broner which is uh, it's, I'd say you know the right move to make obviously Roach feels he's still got something in the tank because I've watched interviews with Roach in the past who said if he feels it's time to call it a day he won't train him anymore and that's kind of what I, the impression I got was for his last fights but he's gone back to Roach and you know Roach is the man that's brought him all the success really yeah I mean it's been a busy few days for uh, Freddie Roach you know he got announced as being in um, Tyson Fury's corner for the Wilder fight and people had what they had to say about that saying you know overlooking Ben Davison and that but just on that just on that point I think that's a really good a really good move by Fury and Davison but oh yeah yeah touch, touching on this um, yeah I mean I've got my issues with sort of with the Pacquiao of today and I've definitely got my issues with Adrian Broner. You know, I just don't like anything that comes from Adrian Broner. I think he, he's got a lot of talent, but you know the stuff he's been doing over the last couple of years. And I've seen he went on another crazy rant today at that press conference about I think he was coming up about Floyd Mayweather and trying to give Manny a little bit of a, a little bit of stick. But yeah, I think it's obviously part of the PBC thing and. You know, I'm totally honest. I'm going to put all my chips in Manny's corner and hope that he can uh, do a bit of a job. But you know, whether the the good old um, age is going to catch up with him sooner or later, and you know, he can't go forever. But yeah, it'll be an interesting fight. But yeah, as I said, I hope uh, I hope Manny can uh, roll the dice again. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I haven't got any more news to bring to you uh, today. I think there'll be more that comes as the week goes on, and we'll try and touch on that at the end of the week. But I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely looking forward to doing the Hagler Hearns Legendary Nights podcast this week, which is going to be coming out later on in the week. We've we we did say we were going to try and get it done for you last week, but we weren't able to get it in, and we are going to get it in this week. And we've done our we've done our work on it in the background, and it's one that I'm absolutely buzzing to get done because as a fight fan myself as a guy that listens to boxing podcasts myself you know what do I want to listen to that people are going to enjoy well I thought I'd listen to something like that because I, I love the Legendary Night series that HBO did and I, I think it'd be great to, to, to sit and talk about it and go through some of the implications of the fight that happened and aftermath and all the rest of it I think it'd be a really really good one to talk about won't it yeah definitely I mean I, I told you Sort of, I spoke to a few people over the weekend who've been listening to the podcast, and you know, they'd seen we'd been talking about it, and they were saying to me, "Oh, I really look forward to that." So it's good to see that people are looking forward to it, and you know, they're as they're as excited by it as we are. I mean, we've obviously had the good news sort of last week that that we've secured our office and studio space. So you know, as this this legendary night is going to be is going to be a big part of what we're doing going forward. So you know, to get the first one out of there and to see the reaction from from everybody's going to be going to be really exciting, but we couldn't have picked a better fight to uh, 
to uh, kick off the legends <laughs> the, the legend three nights. I know, but I'm excited for it. It's, but yeah, like you just touched on there, we put it out on Twitter and we both put it out on our own Twitters that we managed to secure a bit of office studio space to do some recording together so that the recordings for the weekly episodes will be done together in person. So any issues with audio quality should be quashed in them episodes, which again, really looking forward to. And, and thank you for everybody to stick for sticking by us through any of them little niggly audio issues. I know you, most of you guys doesn't really bother you anyway, but there's always, you know, the one or two that it might just, you know, irritate a little bit. So apologies, we're working on that. It's a massive step, massive achievement for us uh, getting up that, that little bit of office space to do these episodes. And, you know, for the future, hopefully we'll be able to start doing some YouTube stuff as well and, you know, take it to that next level. But I haven't got anything else from over the weekend, boxing-wise. Is there anything you can think of that that's caught your attention over the weekend, Jory? No, I mean, I think, I think we've covered all the fight stuff. I've seen a little bit of interest in goings on on Twitter today about, um, you know, we touched on Dave Allen last week and apparently he's going to spend a couple of days up with Adam Booth. And I think, as I, as I did say last week, I think that's exactly what Dave Allen needs, whether it's with Adam Booth or not, but he definitely needs to get out of his little bubble in Doncaster and, you know, really commit his, commit in his training camps and get himself in the best possible shape. So I think go, there's a lot worse things he could do than going with Adam Booth. So, you know, good luck to him. I hope, I hope that goes well. And just another thing I wanted to touch on, um, I seen last week on social media that um, you know the documentation by um, Anthony Gogo over his eye, over yeah. his eye troubles and getting his last his last operation. I just like to, whether he hears this or not, but I just like to say you know good luck to him and I hope everything does work out for him, whether that be in a, in a boxing ring or or outside. I think he's a young man who's achieved a lot, so you know good luck to him and I hope everything works out for him. Uh, I can only echo what you're just saying there. You know, that was something that I did see over the weekend myself and it's quite shocking to watch and, 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 and heartbreaking to watch because, you know, as, as a guy, you just try to make something out of himself as a fighter and to kind of being told it ain't going to happen again for you mate it must be absolutely immensely you know it breaks people this type of stuff in your life can break people to despair and he looked in despair and I'm just happy that there's so many people out there you know social media followers and you know ex-fighters current fighters just showing the love and support for him because you know as as, as men we, we've got this stigma against us where you know we're not allowed to talk about our feelings we're not allowed to express our feelings to people but in reality that's not the situation you know personally I've gone through stuff like that in my own life where you know you bottle stuff up you keep it in there for too long and you just end up like making yourself ill and that's not the right thing to do and, and, and you know much love to Anthony Gogo and hopefully you know he gets to a position where you find something that you know will fulfil what he wants to fulfil in his life when it comes down to boxing or whether it doesn't but yeah good good point there Geordie but I haven't got anything else from over the weekend it is only a short reaction show anyway so I want to call it an evening and get this to you guys get it into your ears and you've been following us on Twitter you know where it is it's a BTR Boxing Pod and on Facebook Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast uh, you can find us at Sean Basso ESBR and at Jord Neal on the social media on Twitter but if you've got any questions you want to fire in for the episode later in the week, I did put out a tweet today for that. So get your questions in about maybe some of the stuff from that we've been talking about in today's episode, or maybe there's some of, some of the stuff you want us to talk about for the, this coming episode, or even any particular fights that you'd want to see us cover for the Legendary Night series as well. But other than that, anything else before we call it a night, Jordy? 
no, just um, echoing what we've done with um, the studio stuff. You know, there's big things coming, so stick with us and thanks for listening again. Right, well, that's it. Thank you very much for listening to this weekend reaction show, and we'll speak to you later on in the week. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.